When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the All-American Hour with Geordie and the Chief. Good morning. This is the All-American Hour with Geordie and the Chief back for another week. And what a big week it is across the United States of America. We have week 11, not just United States of America, Canada as well. You can add into that. Week 11 of the NFL. The NBA continues to roll on. A couple of interesting headlines this week from the NBA. Live college football right now as we speak right in front of me here on the screens in the studio. The NBA, the NBA, as I said, the NHL and the Formula One as well has hit the streets of Las Vegas. We'll chat a bit about that later on in the hour, but in what is a very special week in the uh, in his part of the world, the Chief is with us. Hello, Chief. How's things? Oh, very good, Jordy. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. This is Thanksgiving week, correct? Yes, yeah, uh, coming up on uh, on Thursday, so just a few days away. Uh, really, the best holiday in in America. It's just football, family, and food. I mean, that's really what it, it's all about. You watch football, you hang out with your family, and you eat a feast of uh, usually turkey and and fun sides. That's fantastic. So football has really uh, the NFL's done a good job. It sounds like by in, you know in trying to weave their way into the thanksgiving tradition it's become it's become part of the part of the day now oh yeah and it has really since i was a kid i mean i mean it's really i remember watching uh Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions always host the first game, and the Dallas Cowboys always host the second game. The night game, they added a third night game. That's a little bit more recent. But I remember as a kid, eight, nine years old, watching, you know, Cowboys hosting the Minnesota Vikings and, you know, not even really know what was going on. But uh, football was always a big part of Thanksgiving. Do you know what's on the Thanksgiving menu uh, this week? You know, it's actually going to be chicken just because it's rich. It's instead of turkey because my, my uncle doesn't like turkey. It's going to be just small. But uh, my favorite side is the green bean casserole. But you have to have stuffing. You have to have mashed potatoes uh, and cranberry sauce. Like those are just kind of uh, required sides. Fantastic. You can send us a text 0433981116 on the 40 Winks Temper text. As always, the best text throughout the show. We'll win a six-pack of All-American Draft beer. Root for your team and enjoy All-American Draft. Drink responsibly. So you can, uh, just for being the best uh, texter, you can you can win yourself a six-pack. So uh, 0433981116. Uh, before we go into the news of the week, and there's been lots of news in the NFL this week, uh, not much good news, a lot of injuries. But before all that, uh, who has been your star of the week Chief, who's been the best performer across any sport, player, coach, or otherwise? Who's your star? Yeah, I'm going to go with the team, and I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I thought it would still be a little bit for them to get going, but they, after that bye week, they got a few players back. They got Trent Williams back. They got Debo Samuel back. They got star players, and the defense especially was uh, completely renewed. The San Francisco 49ers defense is completely shutting down the Jacksonville Jaguars, winning 34-3. to in Jacksonville, uh, they brought the defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes from the uh, upstairs uh, booth down to the field, and I think that was a 
part of the key there, and it just really shows that you know, the 49ers, if they can be healthy, uh, are, are clearly the best team in the NFL. All right, start team there for the Chief. I've gone with, uh, for me, I've picked a player, uh, again, off the back of uh, Thursday night football a few nights ago, uh, Gus Edwards, the running back for the uh, Baltimore Ravens, who has sprung up mid-season off the back of the uh, the injury to J.K. Dobbins at the start of the season. Again, the question was, you know, who's going to be the running back? Who's going to get the, the rushing yards? Who's going to pick up those first downs and those, um, you know, goal line uh, touchdowns for the Ravens this season? And, and Gus Edwards, who's been on the on the roster for you know a couple of years now, but um, has made the jump up this season. And you look at his uh, look at his scoring record just in the, in the last five weeks. He's gone one touchdown, three touchdowns, two touchdowns, one touchdown, two touchdowns uh, across the last uh, what's that six weeks? What's that four? six, seven, eight, nine touchdowns across the last five games uh, on the grounds. And, um, and you know, picking up, you know, pretty decent yardage as well, between 60 and 80 yards or so per game, which is okay when you're splitting the running uh, duties across, uh, across a couple of players. But that scoring streak has, um, has put the Ravens in a good spot and they got the, got the chocolates as well on Thursday night. Chief, 34-20 to 20 against the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll go into the, uh, into the injuries in just a second. But the Ravens, uh, two... Um, uh, two uh, uh, divisional matches in a row. They lost to the Browns last week, but then picked up another win against the Bengals this week and um, keeping themselves in that in that Super Bowl conversation. No, absolutely, yeah. Disappointing loss for the Baltimore Ravens, losing to at home to the Cleveland Browns in a game they had. They were up 14. I think the Browns had a record of 0-60-1 in games they trailed by, in division games they trailed by 14 or more but were able to pull out a win and, and really upset the Ravens. But they bounced right back, though it really is hard to say, uh, you know, to talk about that game without discussing the fact that Joe Burrow got injured for the Cincinnati Bengals and, and was removed from the game. Though the Ravens did have a lead at that point and, and did look like they, they were going to win that one. And, uh, yeah, excellent win for the Ravens. Again, Lamar Jackson doing some, some great things. But, you know, they also had an injury, uh, a very unfortunate injury as well. That's right, yeah. So Joe Burrow, uh, a torn wrist ligament. He, he came into the match. There was some video footage that someone took of him walking into the ground, so, you know, stepping off the team bus and, and carrying his bags into the venue with a, a wrist brace on. Um, and uh, and not long into the game, it was in the first half where he um, he he said uh, in the aftermath he said he felt something pop. Um, it's turned out to be a, a torn wrist ligament, and he's out for the season now. Joe Burrow. Um, which is very unfortunate because you consider his career already. He's only been in the league for, what, four years, and he missed that first season with an ACL. So he hasn't actually had that much time, all told, uh, on the field. He still made a great impact, nonetheless, on the league. But now it's uh, it's season over for him. He's out for the rest of the campaign. Um, and, uh, and they've got young Jake Browning in there who hasn't had much experience. He had to come in uh, in that game against the Ravens a few days ago. No doubt they'll look for another quarterback to come in as well, someone a bit more experienced they'll have to find. Um, but no Burrow, is is that the season over for the Bengals? Yeah, you'd have to think so, especially with the loss and the division being so stacked. Um, it, it'd be very hard to imagine that they could get into the playoffs at this point. So it opens up, uh, an, I think, another playoff spot for other AFC teams. But Jake Browning looked capable, but he's making a huge step up. Uh, very little experience. He had thrown one pass in his entire NFL career before Thursday night's game, and uh, yeah, it's it's hard to imagine that he'll be able to lead the Cincinnati Bengals to a playoff spot. 
Because there's no real. I mean, we we look at the uh, the Minnesota Vikings and and what they've been able to do in in the very short term. It's only been what two weeks since since Kirk Cousins uh, did his Achilles, but they've brought in Josh Dobbs, and it's you know so far looked like a pretty smart move. They've they've been good with him at cornerback, and I think people. Um, I think we've seen enough of Josh Dobbs from the start of the season in an underperforming Cardinals team, and now coming across to the Vikings. And there's, yeah, there's no not not high hopes for the Vikings, but I think a lot of people look at that team with Dobbs in the seat and go, well, you know, they, they might still win a few games. So, is there someone is there someone floating out there who who could be a good fit for for the Bengals to just sort of at least try and keep them afloat? You know, not really. And 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 Dobbs, uh, Josh Dobbs, was acquired by trade and really just given away. It was it was a swap of six pick, six round pick for a seventh round pick. It was basically just given away. Uh, so the, and that was right at the trade deadline. So there, there can't be any trade acquisitions, and there really just aren't anyone. Trevor Simeon got gobbled up. Matt Barkley got gobbled up. A couple guys, you know, the the, the Browns also need a quarterback. So they're just. They're talking about Matt Ryan, who's a broadcaster now. He's already said he's not coming out of retirement. Um, so th- there's really just nothing on the scrap heap. And, uh, yeah, I think the Bengals are going to have to go with uh, Browning. And, you know, we'll talk you know about the Browns having to go with what they have and um, Gi- Giants the same way. So it's just really uh, a lot of teams just having quarterback injuries and there's just so little depth at that position. Uh, in the world, in, in you know, in America, to to find uh, a quarterback. Yeah, well, that was the next uh, the next one on the list was the Cleveland Browns. They've got the same issue now. Is Deshaun Watson was ruled out of the season midweek. I think it probably came as a bit of a surprise. I think the the quotes I read from Deshaun Watson, he didn't expect it to be ruled out for the season, but he's uh, going in for shoulder surgery. It's been pretty evident if you've watched the Browns in the last couple of weeks. Um, Deshaun Watson did definitely look, uh, you know, uh, hampered by that shoulder, and he's gone in for surgery now, which has ruled him out for the season. And they are looking for a quarterback as well. They um, they met with Joe Flacco. I think he uh, he was there doing some practice during, well, I think yesterday it might have been. Um, and uh, and they're also in the market now for a, for a quarterback to try and fill the void. So it's, it's going to be a competitive little uh, week or, or fortnight here between the Bengals and the Browns. And as you said, the Giants looking for a, a quarterback. But the Browns too, I mean, this is, um, it's thrown the, the AFC North right up in the air now, hasn't it? Yeah, and the Browns coming off that win, you'd think, wow, this is a, you know a lot of momentum. They, they definitely can make a playoff run, and now they're going to Dorian Thompson Robinson, who is a yeah rookie young player from UCLA. Showed some nice flashes and highlights in the preseason, but again, very limited experience. He had initially replaced Watson earlier in the year, and then was hurt, and PJ Walker. Uh, was the quarterback, but now they're going back to DTR, as they like to call him. And yeah, again, it makes it very, very difficult for uh, for the Browns going forward with uh, such limited experience and, and talent at the position. Just to rewind, I want to go back, before we go forward into week 11, I want to go back to uh, to last week. Uh, Monday Night Football, the Bills and the Broncos. Uh, what was your, I was actually here in the studio, it was in the mid-afternoon uh, here when uh, when the end of that game happened and um, I was up in the back room in the producer's room watching the hosts on air at that time and all of us were watching the game here in the studio and we all had the same reaction when uh, the Broncos somehow managed to pull off the win after missing that late, that late field goal, then the flag, then the um, then the, uh, the retake and kick to win the game and the Bills just threw away that game. What was your reaction to, to how that game ended? Because I could not believe uh, how badly the Bills stuffed that up. 
Oh, yeah, and shocked. And that's how it's been for them this year. And, you know, they, these close games, they've just lost so many of them. They've actually won won a couple, too, but they're just really having a, a tough time. And it's, it's self-inflicted. Uh, they fired their offensive coordinator after that game, which didn't really seem to make a whole lot of sense because yeah. it was the special teams that really cost <laughs> them the game. And, and the defense has been a bit disappointing, and, and injuries on that side of the ball, I think, has been a, a problem for the past couple of years for the Buffalo Bills. But... Um, yeah, it was obviously such a collapse that you know uh, it got a you know, the offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey fired, and uh, Josh Allen, who's still showing you know incredible moments of talent, still is, it turns the ball over at a too high a rate, and yeah, they're just shooting themselves in the foot with mistakes late in games, and it's just been a combination of uh, lots of failures in the Buffalo Bills, who are certainly now on the outside looking in of the playoff picture. NFL Week Eleven, Chief. Uh, I think there's only one place to start. It's Monday night football, so Tuesday afternoon here in Australia in a, a rematch of the Super Bowl. The Eagles against the Chiefs. The Eagles are eight and one. The Chiefs are seven and two. And um, well, this is this is definitely the, uh, the 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 match of the week. What do we expect from it? Oh, I think we should be a, a great game. I really think you'd uh, be surprised to see it be a, a blowout. Yeah, Super Bowl was very close. I would assume this game would be very close. Uh, Chiefs basically three-point favorites at home. So, you know, they're ranking these teams pretty even. And, and the Chiefs getting the home field advantage, which is a big deal, especially in a night game. Um, you know, you have the Kelsey brothers. I'm sure Taylor Swift will be there. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be a massive rating uh, bonanza for the NFL and uh, should be a great game for the fans. And I, uh, you know, I'm always going to kind of go lean towards the, the better quarterback and Patrick Mahomes being, you know, the, probably the best quarterback I've seen <laughs> in, in watching football and his just massive amount of talents and just how improved the Kansas City defense is too. Um, the Chiefs are coming off a of bye week. Uh, Andy Reid has an incredible record uh, coming off bye weeks, so a um, little bit more distracting now. A little like his, uh, Travis Kelsey, the tight end, Danny Travis Swift was in South America during the week off, yeah. but he's, he'll be back. And uh, yeah, it's a little bit of, uh, and, you know, obviously the Kelsey brothers, uh, Jason Kelsey, the center for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, they have a popular podcast, the two Kelsey brothers. So they're, they're busy men outside of the game, but uh, I, I would expect the Chiefs to win a very close one. I was actually on Instagram during the week going through the uh, the, the Instagram profile of that uh, the Kelsey Brothers show, uh, just watching little clips that they post up, and it's very entertaining. It's very, I have to watch a full episode sometime because it is uh, the, the the two of them uh, doing their weekly podcast is very very good quality. Um, who uh, who what was there anything made of Travis Kelsey going to Argentina? Was there like was there any furor around it, or were people just pretty relaxed about? Oh yeah, he just head head down to Argentina on the bye week. Yeah, I mean, you know, a little mixed. I mean, uh, it does seem a little extreme kind of uh, trip, but, you know, this is kind of the idea of what having a week off is about. And um, again, I mean, I'm sure it was private travel. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't in back in coach crammed. And uh, uh, it is a long flight, and you, you can definitely open yourself up to, to illness. But uh, all reports are good. So uh, I think, uh, yeah, Travis Kelsey is going to have a big game. I really think that actually he's, he should be a, a big weapon, of, as, as usually is for uh, Patrick Mahomes. The next game we'll look at is the AFC North divisional matchup between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns. So all AFC teams played each other this week. Uh, the Bengals and the 
uh, Ravens on Thursday night and now Pittsburgh and Cleveland here uh, tomorrow morning where uh, the Steelers, well, both teams have winning records. Both teams are in the playoff positions uh, right now. If the season was to end here and go into playoffs, they'd both be making it. Uh, but obviously with the, the news of the week, with Deshaun Watson going out, um, the Steelers get a few plays back, actually. Pat Frymuth, their, their big tight end, comes back into the team. Um, this now has a, a slightly different look to it after the um, the Browns quarterback situation. No, certainly. And uh, yeah, like I mentioned before, Dorian Thompson-Robinson starting a quarterback for Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland's still favored, still, you know, tiny favored, couple points. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh, they just keep winning, even as they continue to do it unimpressively and always seeming to, uh, you know, be in a, a very close game that could go either way. But the tends to, you know, go their favor, the Steelers. So uh, really a tough game to pick or handicap. I just think, though, Cleveland is the more talented team, and they'll probably outplay Pittsburgh. Uh, but who knows if they get the win. <laughs> Pittsburgh's a hard team to beat. The Jets take on the Buffalo Bills. Now, this game might not be one that, that jumps out at you in terms of, you know, we're going to see a high-quality match. But now the storylines become interesting after what happened with the Bills last week firing their offensive coordinator, and now them needing a, a bounce-back game as well. This is also a, a divisional matchup against the Jets. The Jets are just sort of ticking along. They're not anything great, but, the, you know, the season hasn't completely slipped away from them. They're 4-5, and five, so, uh, you know, just almost hovering around the 500. The Bills are 5-5, five and five, so they are on the 500 right now. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's a bit more to this game than just what happens on the field. There's a bit of uh, a whole, you know, whole season context to this. Yeah, this is a rematch from that week one, uh, a game that Aaron Rodgers was hurt in, uh, a game that the Jets still came back and won, which kind of shocked everyone, uh, especially considering Aaron Rodgers was hurt. Um, I, I do like the Bills, though, here at home. Uh, they're seven and a half point favorites, so certainly uh, big favorites to win this game, and I, I would expect them to. I think that uh, the quarter, the the Offensive quarter getting fired, I think that could always little light a spark a little bit on that offense. And, uh, yeah, I would expect the Bills to, to have a big game against the Jets. Since uh, the Las Vegas Raiders fired their coach, Josh McDaniels, and brought in the interim Antonio Pierce, they've won two games in a row, albeit against the two New York teams, the Giants and the Jets. So um, easier kills there for the Raiders. And now they've got Miami this week, which is a much tougher task. Uh, but they are, you know, they've got some good defensive weapons there. I don't know if the whole unit on defense is, is as well-oiled as they'd like, but they've got some good individuals on there, and they've got a pretty tough task ahead of them against the Miami Dolphins. So uh, are the Dolphins going to win this one easily, or will they be challenged by the Raiders? Uh, I think they won't win this one pretty easily. They're 14-point favorites, two touchdown favorites, uh, biggest favorites of the week. Um, yeah, you could get probably, you know, six to one on the Raiders pulling off the upset. So uh, obviously expect Miami off their bye week. Um, it's an early game, uh, one o'clock Eastern time. So could hurt the another factor uh, hurting the Raiders. And yeah, the Raiders have had some wins, albeit, you know, yeah, two home wins against the New York teams. Now they're going to Miami, a completely different situation. And uh, I would expect Mike McDaniel with an extra week of preparation to really take advantage of some of that the Raiders' uh, defensive weaknesses. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be shocked to see Miami put up close to 50 points like they, uh, they, they can do pretty easily at home. Where do you put the Dolphins in your Super Bowl conversation? Because the three losses they've had this year have been to other Super Bowl 
uh, contending teams. They lost to the Eagles, the Chiefs, and the Bills earlier in the season. They can run up a scoreboard, as you said. They, they are one of the most high-powered offenses, if not the most high-powered high offense in the NFL. But um, do you see them, you know, when it comes to playoff time, do you see them managing to pull out wins against the Chiefs when they need to or against the Eagles? Well, they face the Eagles in a Super Bowl. But if that came to be, could, could you see them do that? No, I don't think they would beat a Ravens team. I don't think they would beat uh, – I don't think they could even have trouble even against the Browns. I mean, really, uh, that level of team would also give them some trouble. Um, their defense isn't that stout. Their offense is incredibly fast. Um, now, that sometimes doesn't translate into bad weather. That doesn't you – know, home field's very important, so that they, they're going to try to get – uh, you know, they're in good shape to win the division, so that should help, you know, get at least one home game. Uh, but if they have to go to, to bad weather and play, I mean, that's certainly going to hurt Miami. Uh, so I don't think the team is built for the playoffs. They're kind of more of a regular season type team. Uh, but Mike McDaniel is just, he's a brilliant head coach. So um, he gives them an edge, but I, I do think that, yeah, they're, they're not a team that can make a long, deep playoff run. And the San Francisco 49ers uh, are hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. The 49ers snapped that three-game losing streak with a win last week against the Jaguars, which was a game that uh, we certainly had billed as maybe the, the game of that um, that uh, 1 p.m. window or 5 a.m. window our time, that early window of games. We thought, well, this is going to be a great game, isn't it? Both teams are, what, I think they were 6-3 and three at the time, each uh, of the, the Niners and the Jaguars. The Niners beat the Jags 34-3. to So that was an absolute demolition that the uh, the 49ers put on. And now they've got Tampa Bay this week, which I kind of expect to go the same way, to be fair. I know the Buccaneers um, have had their ups and downs this season. They're 4-5, and five, uh, and they've uh, they've had a – well, they were on a, uh, a losing streak. Yeah, they lost four games in a row, one last week. But it's been a, a bit of an ordinary season for the Bucs. Uh, the 49ers, I expect here, to, to win pretty comfortably and, and – well, maybe with, with no surprises. They have surprised us uh, at times this season, the 49ers, not for all the right reasons, but I think they'll, they'll do the job. Yeah, I would think so. And certainly they're 13-point favorites, so you can get 5-1 to one on Tampa Bay to pull off the upset. And I would think that, yeah, it's very, very long odds that they do. Uh, it just seems like that defense is, is back uh, for San Francisco. And then and, and having Depot Samuel is such an important weapon. It just changes the whole offense. That offense is really gotten everyone back pretty much all those star you know uh skill position players and trent williams is you know probably a hall of fame tackle so uh brock purdy uh, he was back to being solid brock purdy so um i think he might have been dealing with a little bit of a maybe a potential concussion and it seems to be healed from that so it's yeah it looks like all systems go for the San Francisco 49ers for the rest of the games this week, Chicago travelled to Detroit the first time that these two teams will play each other this year of their two meetings in the NFC North. Uh, the Lions hosting here with a 7-2 and two record. The Bears are 3-7. and seven. Should be the Lions, shouldn't it? Yeah, it should be. Uh, Eight-point favourites. Uh, though Ju uh, Justin Fields back for uh, the Chicago Bears at quarterback, so maybe gives him a little bit of a fighting chance, especially in, the, in that dome stadium on the turf. Uh, but again, I don't know how much we'll see Fields, you know, fully running. Uh, his running game is obviously what where his skill set is uh, best. So uh, I give them like a little bit of a puncher's chance that Fields can break a couple big runs. The uh, Chargers take on the Green Bay Packers, this one at Lambeau Field. Both teams, after going on a bit of a losing streak a couple of weeks ago, have picked up wins recently and 
both lost last week, but both in close losses um, to some pretty good opponents too. The Chargers, uh, only three points uh, lost to the uh, Lions, and the Steelers a four point. Sorry, the uh, Packers a four point loss to the Steelers. Um, I'd be tipping the Chargers here, although they do have to travel to the other side of the country to take on the Green Bay Packers. Uh, the Packers at home or, or the Chargers on the road? Yeah, you know, Chargers are favored in this game. It's an interesting one. I feel like it's going to be a very close game. Um, and I really have a hard time tipping one way or the other. Uh, though I think, yeah, the Chargers, they just, I just have so little trust in their coach winning close games. And that's kind of the big issue I'm having here. I do think it's going to be close, and it's hard to tip the Chargers, though they're the better side. I, I really have a hard time. I'd go either way with that one. All right, give us a tip for your Giants against the Washington <laughs> Commanders. It's uh, at FedEx Field, Washington's home stadium. Is it going to be the Giants and Tommy DeVito or Washington? No, you got to think it's Washington. Uh, Sam Howell, I think he's really done a, a very good job of quarterback for the Commanders. Uh, there's just so much more talent on that uh Washington side. That Giants defense was embarrassing, uh, more so than, than the offense, which has been the sad side of the, the ball for the Giants. Uh, last week, Dak Prescott just absolutely tore apart that defense. C.D. Lamb and Brandon Cooks both having just massive days. So I, I would be surprised if the Giants can get that defense righted uh, this quickly. So I would expect uh, Washington to win pretty easy. It's favored by nine. Uh, seems like a good number. Dallas traveling to Carolina to face the uh, the one win Panthers. Are Dallas flying under the radar this season? They're six and three. You know, it's been an odd year. They've had such huge wins, easy wins. They've destroyed the Giants both times that they played them. They crushed the Jets. They beat up on uh, in a huge lopsided game against the New England Patriots. So they've had these just monumental wins, but then they were completely beat up by San Francisco when they were on top form, and San Francisco's back to that top form. They lost at Arizona, the only win I believe Arizona has. Uh, maybe they grabbed another one there at some point, but uh, yeah, it's an interesting kind of team where, um, you know, against top competition, how are they going to play? They beat up on the bad teams. Um, I, I don't fully trust the Dallas Cowboys. I don't fully trust Dak Prescott. Uh, I certainly like other teams in the NFC to make for playoff runs. Um, they're huge favorites, though. 11-point uh, favorites in Carolina. So I could see them, uh, you know, this being a closer game. Those big, big blowouts they've had almost exclusively at home, and they haven't played well at all on the road. So uh, I, even though it'll be loaded with Dallas Cowboy fans uh, in Carolina, uh, I give Carolina a chance to keep it within single digits. Okay, okay. That's good hope there for the Panthers. The Tennessee Titans... Uh, take on the Jacksonville Jaguars in the AFC South Divisional matchup. Um, the Titans uh, have a zero and five, yes, zero and five away record this season, so I haven't won on the road. Uh, Jacksonville hosting this game. They had their five game winning streak broken last week with a loss against San Francisco, but uh, I fully expect them to get back on the winners list this week with a matchup against the Titans. Yeah, absolutely. They're seven-point favorites at home. I think they could they could even cover that number. Uh, I expect them to have had a very uh, hard week of practice, very focused week of practice after that embarrassing loss. Uh, but a back-to-back home game, so it's pretty pretty easy. They probably spent a ton of time at the facility. No, having not to, not having have to travel. I like Jacksonville. Yeah, to win pretty easy. The Arizona Cardinals take on the Houston Texans. Now this game has suddenly become interesting, hasn't it? Because I probably could. I probably should have had Kyler Murray as as my star of the week. I'll add him in as a supplementary star of the week, an honorary star, because he made his comeback 
last week after a year out with an ACL injury and guided the Cardinals to a uh, to an inspiring 25-23 win over the Atlanta Falcons. Great comeback for him. And um, and now the Cardinals, well, you know, they're still a long way back. They're two and eight, but at least there's a bit of a bit of, you know, something to look forward to now for the fans of the Cards. And they take on the Houston Texans, who have been flying and at the moment are the seventh seed in the AFC. So they'd be making playoffs right now. Um, if the season was to end, and um, they are hosting the Texans, so I expect them to win. But I hope there's a bit of entertainment from the side of the Cardinals and Kyler Murray. Yeah, I think so. I think that you know, Houston's six-point favorites, but I would expect a close game. Uh, Houston's going to be flying high off of that big upset, winning in Cincinnati. Uh, again, both sides of the ball for Houston has been impressive. D'Amico Ryan's in the Coach of the Year talks. C.J. Stroud, almost certain lock for Rookie of the Year. Even in a little bit in the MVP talks, it, it's amazing how, how great C.J. Stroud has been a quarterback for the Houston Texans. But uh, Arizona definitely, with Kyler Murray, Arizona has a chance in this one. And I would expect a, a close game. Um, Arizona has been very competitive all year, but now really uh, you know, has a, has a very good offensive weapon. I was impressed with Murray again. People didn't think he'd be able to run much early. He had some huge runs, a uh, key touchdown run uh, in that win. So it uh, should be an entertaining game between those two. In the NFC West, uh, the season is falling apart a little bit now for the LA Rams. They've had two big losses in a row, 43-20 loss to the Cowboys and a 20-3 loss to the Packers last week. That's three losses on the trot for the Rams, and they have to host the Seattle Seahawks, who have won three of their last four games. I'm tipping Seattle here. Yeah, Rams actually favored, favored by a couple points. They got Matthew Stafford back. Yeah, yeah. I think the key there is is having Matthew Stafford back. I believe they're off the bye week, um, so they're home off the bye. Uh, they got some, they got some players back from injury. They're going to have both Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua. Um, I would think that we could see some some points scored in this one. Um, both offenses uh, pretty talent, pretty quality. I I think uh, I do like the Rams to to win this one. And the last game we'll look at is the Sunday night football match. The Vikings against the Broncos. And now with that so win for the Broncos last week. And um, and actually, well, they've won three games in a row. That sneaked up on us, didn't it? They beat the uh, Packers, Chiefs, and the Bills. So they've got a three-game winning streak, Denver. They've found a, a new lease on life here. And, uh, and the Minnesota Vikings looking to continue things on with Josh Dobbs at the helm. Clinton off the text says, Hey guys, Vikings just hanging on to playoff hopes. Do you think Dobbs can guide us through? I've got a multi riding on it, uh, says Clinton. Uh, well, what are your, what's your answer there for, for Clinton there, Chief, for both the season and this week? I don't like them this week. This is a tough game in Denver. Uh, you know, night game. Denver's going to have a lot going on in their favor in this one. They really seem to have it going on. The Sean Payton, uh, Russell Wilson pairing, it took a little while to get them going together, but the defense is really playing well. The, the, the pass rush for the Denver Broncos, very underrated. Um, really some, some talent on that defense. But I do like Minnesota and Josh Dobbs going forward. Um, that division, other, you know, other than Detroit, is probably a few more easy wins on that schedule for Minnesota. And I think they could get into the playoffs. Uh, but I don't know if this is a, a game they could win. I, Denver favored by three. So they're really saying that these two teams are pretty equal. But uh, that, that's a good home field advantage for Denver. So I, I, I like Denver this week. But I give uh, Minnesota a chance at, at the playoffs for sure. There we go, the Week 11 preview of the NFL. A quick look to the college football scene today. Earlier this morning, number three, Michigan, defeated Maryland 31-24. to Alabama had a big win, 66-10 to over Chattanooga. The number 10, Louisville, beat Miami 38-31. 
and Oklahoma. A tight game against BYU, 31-24. BYU were in that match uh, all the way to the ends. Uh, live scores right now, Arizona uh, 28-10 over Utah. That's 17-22. v uh, The number one, Georgia, have a 17-7 lead over the number 18 seed, Tennessee. And uh, coming up a little... Uh, Ohio State currently leading as well, the number two team. Oregon leading as well. Arizona, the number six team. And coming up a little later on today, got the Kansas... Uh, is this a derby, Chief? Kansas State v. Kansas. Both teams are seeded. Yeah, it is a big rivalry between uh, the two schools from the state of Kansas. Um, not really uh, the best football teams, generally. <laughs> Kansas State, a, a better football program. Kansas, one of the all-time best college basketball programs. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, been much better in football of late. So, yeah, it's, it's good to see uh, those two teams ranked. And a little later on, the number five, Washington, against number 11, Oregon State. Was that looked at as the, uh, the game of the weekend? Probably. Uh, the, you know, the Tennessee-Georgia is a big one. Um, it wasn't a great, great matchup of top teams at all this week. Uh, but looking ahead, uh, uh, Saturday uh, coming up, a uh, week from today, um, Sunday for you guys, Ohio State, Michigan, uh, they'll both I think, be ranked, obviously, in the top four. Uh, and the top four make the playoffs. So uh, that'll be a, a massive game next week. And uh, Louisville's win earlier today means they clinch the spot in the ACC title game uh, as well against Florida State. So that's been set with that win that Louisville had against Miami today. So um, ACC, Louisville and Florida State. Yeah, and Louisville having a chance to maybe uh, knock out Florida State currently in uh, the playoff positioning. So uh, Louisville, very, very strong year. Only have the one loss, and they'll be in the, the top 10 after that win. A quick look at the NBA uh, chief right now and uh, just a quick look at the standings uh, in both conferences early on in the season. The Boston Celtics lead the East 10-2, and two, followed by the 76ers, the Bucks, the Heat and the Pacers, all with uh, seven or more wins. And in the West, the uh, reigning champions, the Denver Nuggets on top, 9-3. and three. Level on win-loss record with Dallas Mavericks, who are second, Minnesota 8-3, uh, and three, and Oklahoma City Thunder uh, eight and four to start the season. Uh, what what are we making of the in season tournament so far? People taking to uh, to this little innovation that we've brought into the NBA this season. I think yeah, I think fans are warming up to it a bit. You know, the games count as regular season games as well, so it kind of just makes them even a little bit juicier and given a little bit more um, importance to a win. As these guys are competitive, so certainly when we get to the knockout stage. Uh, the players are going to care, and uh, when the players care, then the fans will care. So I, I, I you know, I was down on it. I didn't think it was necessary, but it does, you know, add a little extra juice to some games. And you can see, uh, I think teams trying a little harder in them. And yeah, you went through the standings. Yeah, pretty formful in the East. Yeah, the West is a little topsy turvy, and we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, shout out to the Oklahoma City Thunder and uh, uh, Josh Giddy, who's just uh, mm -hmm. been a fantastic star for them. And uh, and along with Shane Gilgis Alexander, I mean they have really a, a Canadian and an Australian just superstars there in uh, in Oklahoma City. And James Harden, a man who has been a superstar in the NBA for for a long time, but uh, is uh, is uh, battling his demons at the moment. It seems he's he's had the yips. He's been out of form. He's you know maybe antagonizing a couple. What's what's been happening with James Harden? Yeah, you know, he got traded to the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, the first five games he played with the Clippers, they lost. But then they just won the most recent one, and he had a big shot in that game. 
Uh, I think uh, it could work out. I think it really can. I don't know if it will, but I think it's possible. And Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are superstars that uh, are good teammates, and I think that it could work with them. And um, I, I, and I give the Clippers a chance to to make a good run in this season if those uh, you know older veterans could could stay healthy. But uh, yeah, James Harden it took a little while to get going, but I think once he gets rolling, that Clippers team could maybe do some things. James off the text says, "Hey guys, great show. NBA big Orlando Magic fan here. Any thoughts on their progress? Good young list, making some big steps. Banchero looks like to be a star of the future or a future All Star." Uh, Franz Wagner, not far off either. Nice to see Aussie Joe Ingles with some leadership off the bench. Go Magic, says uh, says James. Chief? Yeah, uh, I like that. Uh, that's a pretty deep cut in the NBA to be a Magic fan. And Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been tough, though, for them. They, they just really haven't hit on that superstar. And hopefully uh, Benchero is that. And, uh, yeah, again, they'll probably be drafting towards the front again this year and just, you know, need to probably grab one more, you know, building block player, but we've seen teams turn around pretty quick in the NBA. You can go from bottom to top if you score in the draft. All right, the F1. Uh, I reckon, James, you might get the uh, the the, the um, All-American draft beer as well. I like that uh, like text. So you'll uh, you'll win our All-American draft beer. Root for your team and enjoy uh, All-American draft. Drink responsibly. Quick one on the Formula One, Chief, because it's in Las Vegas this week, but hasn't been without controversy. They had to delay the first day of practice all the way to 2.30 a.m. because of a loose drain cover. My goodness. Yeah, you'd think they would have had that uh, figured out and, and cemented down or sealed down or whatever they had to do, but they didn't. They've already had a, they've had some bunch of issues. I know a lot of locals there are not very happy with the way, I mean, for months of construction and building the circuit, and um, it's been very rough on them. But then I've heard reports of uh, incredible uh, betting size at some of the casinos with billionaires coming in from all over the world and, and casino uh, workers getting huge tips. So I'm hearing you hear everything out of uh, this monumental event, really, um, for the city of Las Vegas to to do this. And um, we'll see. Hopefully it goes off the rest of the way without a hitch. And uh and maybe maybe someone other than Max Verstappen gets the win. It'd be nice to see a little in the, in the city where you want to hopefully hit a long shot. Maybe uh, someone with a little bit of a price who isn't a dollar thirty to win. You know. <laughs> yeah. Joke. Well, we had, but uh, people like it. We had uh, Charles Leclerc on pole and uh, Piastri down in nineteen, which is a bit unfortunate for the Aussies. So it's a bit of a flipped grid. Uh, Chief, I've got to leave it there for the morning. But a pleasure as always, and we'll catch up again next week on the All American Hour. Uh, Thanks so much, Jordy.